July weekend, Love Letter listeners. I'm your host, Vanessa Paz the Spasmino. Today, I'm going to be speaking with my good friend, Louise Keaton. Louise is an incredible person. She has so much heart and so much passion for recreating stories for children. I personally believe that the majority of people who are writing stories for children underestimate children all the time. They underestimate their intelligence. They underestimate their abilities to understand a deep concept. Children are like sponges and they will absorb everything that we give them. So if we can continue to do what Louise is doing and provide them with stories and education that is built for curious minds, for kids who want an adventure, kids who want to learn. You have to think about it as if you are a child. You you kind of have to take yourself out of grind state of mind to relate to these kids. And that is exactly what she does. She is just an incredible person. She's so thoughtful. We share an eclectic vintage aesthetic. So when we first met and got to work together, we made a a beautiful picture. We're going to call it a beautiful picture because that's exactly what it was. (laughs) Uh, We combined our vintage costumes and our props, and we really made a lovely looking project. What I love about Louise is that she has a beautiful tight-knit family. I want to see more of that. I really love Virginia for that because it is such a family-friendly place. The culture really embraces togetherness. Community is, you know, something that is important for you to get your children involved in. And I'm hoping that some more listeners will, you know, connect with this message and we can start doing more community events and invite the kids, you know, get them involved. That's going to help keep them inspired to do good for others and to be on a good path to have really rich, full lives, you know, and that's what we want. We want growth. We want love. We want compassionate people in this world. And Louise is definitely a person who understands compassion. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this delightful episode with my beautiful friend, Louise. Hi, Vanessa. It's so great to be on the air with you. It's excellent to have you. So what are you working on right now? Well, right now I'm working full time with Virginia's Home for Public Media, or better known as VPM. And then I'm really going with where inspiration leads me with my theater company, the Whistle Stop Theater Company. Uh, We had just finished doing a virtual holiday special and now I'm trying to ponder what my audience is really asking for. Uh, you know, at the start of the pandemic, people were really looking for ways to interact with theater safely. 
and uh, we created a lot of virtual productions and physical productions that met those needs. But now our audience is just so burned out from virtual anything. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to find ways to meet them where they are and create engaging and affirming content. So we'll see how that manifests. Right now I'm pondering some sing-alongs. That sounds adorable. <laughs> yeah, The Whistle Stop has a lot of original musicals. Uh, but very little footage of the songs. Um, and they're very catchy and they are all rooted in either classic literature or fairy tales. So there's a very strong educational component to them as well. So making those songs more accessible to our audience could really benefit them and us in the long term. I see. Are you doing a lot of the writing? I do all of the writing for the Whistle Stop Theater That's Company, so awesome. <laughs> uh, but I collaborate with composers. Um, I'm not a musician, although I do sing. So I have four composers that I work with regularly, two of whom I've written the majority of my shows with. Uh, one is Samuel Aaron, and he's currently living in Korea and teaching there. Uh, but he and I have written, I want to say, 16 shows together. And then my friend Paul Lohman, who is currently in uh, New York, he and I have written probably 12. Um, so we work together regularly and from a distance and digitally. Uh, so something like a global pandemic really doesn't slow us down when it comes to creating together. That's amazing. So you, you were definitely already used to working remotely in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, I consider myself an empath. And so I need to take a lot of time away from people to regenerate my energy. So I have really discovered a balance uh, in putting myself out there as a creative person physically and then taking some time privately to create and regenerate and that's part of what I really love about digital media. I'm able to reach out and collaborate with people without necessarily physically being with them and getting drained from that experience. That is the advice that I have been needing to hear, and I feel like I'm on the path. <laughs> What's that? It's oh, a hard balance. It really is. Um, I think a lot about our culture reinforces this idea that you aren't strong enough unless you um, conform to what has been societally expected previously. Um, even when I started working in a digital managerial position, uh, my bosses were saying, you need to physically be in the office. And I would be getting physically ill every single day because I just had too much stimulation from hundreds of people being around me constantly. So I really reinforced to them that this is a digital position. I can manage it digitally and they're going to get so much more out of me 
if they allow me the space to work the ways that work for me. And if there is any silver lining to a global pandemic, it's that I think a lot of people are starting to let go of what they assumed you had to do in order to be a professional or a community member or whatever role you felt like you had to be in. They're letting go of that and thinking more creatively and outside the box and thinking about what people really need to thrive in themselves rather than what the world tells us we have to do. That is a wonderful thing. I'm really glad you were able to do that. Not everybody has gotten to that point yet, but I am hoping the longer that this whole thing is going on, maybe more people will get on that bandwagon. We shall see. And I think, I hope that this experience has given people enough time to sit with themselves and think about what they really need to thrive and have the strength to really advocate for themselves, the confidence to advocate for themselves in a way that I don't think was uh, culturally available to us before. Absolutely. just bought a house on the north side of Richmond. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. um, It's been really nice creating an environment that's affirming and uh, beautiful. Uh, The house is from 1926. So it's very me, very vintage. Ooh, that sounds lovely. Thank you. I'll have to have you over next time you're in Richmond. I would love that. So how long have you been in Richmond for now? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I moved to Ashland, Virginia when I was in seventh grade and then started working and kind of part-time living in Richmond when I graduated from college. Louise told me a little bit about the Whistle Stop Theater Company's festival. So in the summertime, she organizes with the entire community to put on this festival. There are three different theaters. One is the main theater, the firehouse, and there are two other theaters nearby. And in between, the local businesses even come up with themed products and foods for the festival itself. And I just, I am in awe and completely touched and inspired by the work that she continues to do for the Whistle Stop Theater Company in Ashland, Virginia. So what would you say is your main thing that helps to ground you when you start to feel overwhelmed? That's a really great question. Since I've been living alone, a lot of the times it's something really simple, like taking a bath or listening to affirming music. Uh, I really love candles, so lighting some candles and watching the flame is really centering. Um, But on a regular basis, I think just 
taking a deep breath and reminding yourself of where you are in your physical body in that moment is the strongest grounding technique. Um, I, I have PTSD, so I'm aware of how often I physically leave my body uh, and go to some dark places. And the more I can stay in the present, the easier it is for me to really live in gratitude. That's beautiful. Thank you. Therapy. Everybody should go to therapy. <laughs> that, that is absolutely true. I hope that it becomes more accessible for more people because I just couldn't recommend therapy more. Being that a lot of what you create is educational, do you use a lot of what you're writing as a form of healing too? In some ways, I take what I have learned or um, experiences that I wish were discussed more and bring those themes into my work. Um, You'll see in a lot of my early writing, I was really focused on fairy tales that had women as the central figure uh, because a lot of that storytelling is really toxic. (laughs) And I was acutely aware of how those archetypes negatively affected me. And I wanted to make sure that the children who were exposed to my work were affirmed by the storytelling that they uh, got to experience. So a lot of my early work is um, restructuring those fairy tales so that the central figures are never... um, victims to their circumstances they always have the opportunity to learn and grow and work together for a solution rather than waiting for a fairy godmother to appear and just be like you're good and kind we'll give you a dress and get you married (laughs) I don't want that to ever be the happily ever after that children seek out. I want them to look for their happily ever afters in themselves to find the magic in themselves uh, and recognize that they have so much power and ability that a lot of our storytelling really keeps children from exploring. I'm so grateful that you're doing that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I really mean that because I feel like I run into people all the time with lack of a sense of self. And I feel like starting with children is the best way to, you know, foster that. Yeah, I feel that. Um, actually, I'm about to do a presentation on my career path. And as I was thinking about it, I realized what a crazy career path it really was. Um, Because I don't know about you, but I got to be 18 and my teachers were all turning to me and going, okay, choose your career, a career that's going to last your entire life, no pressure. Um, 
And I was looking around like, I have no idea what the right answer is here. So I looked at my skills and talents and thought, how can I use what I've been given to have an impact? And all I really understood at the time is that I loved theater. And I thought, well, if I'm going to make theater my career, then how can that be impactful? And I immediately jumped to children's theater because when children view media, it's not as if they're watching it passively like adults do. The storytelling that they consume becomes a part of their fabric. It's almost as if the story becomes a part of their memories and they are experiencing it first person. So if I'm going to be creating memories for a child, creating the fabric of their understanding of the world around them, then I want that storytelling to be affirming and um, support empathy and to really give them a sense of power and self. I feel like I'm just going to be blushing throughout this whole thing. <laughs> I think that's natural. It's still, it's still a process getting used to, you know, A, talking about yourself and B, not being face-to-face with somebody. Yeah, that's true. And knowing it's being recorded. <laughs> <Yeah>. Also true. <laughs> So it sounds like it was a really organic process where you knew you wanted to share stories with people and you wanted to make a difference in how it affected people and their creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I've always been a storyteller and I grew up with disabilities. So a lot of my ability to share stories was limited and theater was such an accessible way for me to interact with people and uh, engage them in storytelling and once I saw not only my ability to communicate through theater but the impact that it could have it really motivated me to make it an environment that I could have an impact with and that really served me as well. Um, I don't think there's any industry in the whole world that doesn't have some level of toxicity and unfortunately theater is no exception. (laughs) Um, So rather than feeling embittered by that industry or like a victim to the industry I wanted to make it um, what works for me and if anybody else gets that they're invited to uh, volunteer (laughs) with the whistle stop and we can make some art together and hopefully make a difference I'm very excited to hear that I would I would be very interested in collaborating again. Yes, please. 
<laughs> it is a very like 48 hour film festival kind of vibe at the whistle stop yeah um, we since we are a volunteer th- theater company i don't want to overburden people with uh rehearsals i want to be conscious of the gift they are giving me with their time and their talents so i limit our rehearsal process to a week and i will give my cast and my artists the script ahead of time and all the materials they need to be able to study and hopefully they arrive to the first rehearsal off book and we get it blocked and then we just rehearse 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 and collaborate until we're ready to get in front of an audience that weekend Um, So it's a lot of fun and it really forces artists to let go of a process that I think was kind of imposed on a lot of us and trust their instincts and really trust each other. And it happens just about every show where the cast and I get very close and we end up calling each other family um, because we've built such a safe space and a bond of trust and creativity. That is exactly how it should be. I miss those kind of community building opportunities. There aren't a lot out there and (laughs) I get it, you know, we all have to pay rent or mortgage. We have to uh, use our time to be functional members of society. Uh, so there aren't a lot of opportunities to just play and that's a goal of mine to use the free time and energy I have to explore community and service and play. I'm so excited to share this with everybody. You are doing such awesome work. Oh shucks, thank you. <laughs> I try real hard. We'll see what comes next. I'm definitely excited to see what you have in store. Do you have anything coming up for the summer? Well, since the pandemic has begun, I have found myself literally dreaming about my next project and waking up in the morning and calling my whistle stop family and saying hey i had this dream can we make this a production now and they do (laughs) so i've been kind of waiting for my next dream to manifest itself um i had the idea about doing a sing-along series so that might be on the horizon i had another idea to do some pantomime nursery rhymes um yeah we will see i'm also working with my publisher uh with youth plays to have one of my uh, original scripts published so that's been consuming and of course buying this new house has been consuming (laughs) so it's a lot of uh adulting getting in the way of my (laughs) creativity Um, But I'm trying to give myself grace with that and just uh, wait for inspiration to take me to the next space we're going to be in. 
Fantastic. I'll be sure to give you a call and see if you're interested in playing. I would. Bedroom, you can come here for a week. <laughs> I would love to. You know, eventually my plan is to make it up to Richmond more long term. Yeah, once it's safe, the world will be open and we can really get down to business. traveling and just experiencing different places to live throughout my childhood so I began I was born in Tennessee and then we moved to Maryland and hit a few different places in Maryland while we were there and finally we came to Virginia and I really didn't explore Virginia deeply outside of Ashland Virginia because I don't know if you've ever been to Ashland but uh, we call ourselves the center of the universe and I still firmly believe that in my heart that, that it is it's just, it's Mayberry uh, it's like woke Mayberry essentially okay. it's just the sweetest little town full of artists and activists and community builders um who are just so generous with their time and energy and gosh the fact that all these beautiful people looked at my extremely awkward self in seventh grade and said you are worthy and full of potential and embraced me made me such a huge fan of that town and even after I had graduated and traveled the world as a performer I just wanted to come back to Ashland and use whatever skills and talents I had to support them. That's so awesome. I love it when people have, you know, happy connections with their, the place they consider more or less their hometown. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rare thing these days. I think, again, a lot of our narrative is you need to leave the place that you've grown up in and go explore the world. And that's not wrong for a lot of people, but for me, finding a safe space to thrive in was such a gift. And I just want to keep giving that gift back. That touches my heart. <laughs> but I'm also thankful to Richmond. I mean, that's where I own this home. Um, and that's where I work professionally as an actress most often. So a lot of love for RVA, really looking forward to getting warmer and enjoying some of the breweries again and gorgeous restaurants and the art scene here. It's so vibrant and I feel very honored that I can contribute to it every now and then as a performer. So glad about that. So would you be able to tell me, like, I, I'm trying to develop this game for this, how to spot a local, Who, how would you be able to spot an Ashland local versus a Richmond local? 
Okay, so an Ashland local would have one of those be kind signs on their door and a bike garden. A bike garden? Yeah, have you seen those? They they have little vintage bikes that they've painted and then they cover them with flowers. They're so sweet. And just about everybody in Ashland has a little bike garden. <laughs> um, I have to find some for this. That's so cute. Oh, it's beautiful. I love walking around Ashland and seeing everybody's adorable little bike displays and train jokes. Um, and everybody <laughs> in Ashland will wave to you. They probably know your first name. <laughs> and in my case, remember me when I was in seventh grade. Uh, so that's how I spot an Ashlander. A Richmonder. I mean, it's a city, so not a lot of waving. Don't know who I am, which my little <laughs> empathic self actually kind of appreciates. Don't look at me. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> it's kind of nice having that. Uh, anonymity, um, but I associate Richmonders with that sort of artsy, alternative style, um, very on the edge, and I appreciate that. I enjoy that energy. I love that you have that the best of both worlds. You really are like the epitome of balance. I aspire to. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell my therapist that. <laughs> Balance is something I meditate on a lot, a lot of a lot, because I think creative people, and especially emotionally driven people like myself, can snowball in their thoughts very quickly, and I work very hard to stay grounded and keep perspective on all of the stimulation I'm getting and focus on what actually serves me as opposed to what all these hormones are telling me to do. That is a wonderful thing I've got to, I've got to learn how to do. <laughs> Therapy! <laughs> Therapy and meditation and breathing water, sleep. I mean, it all sounds so obvious, but it's also really rigorous. You have to keep it up constantly. I kind of did some backsliding a few months ago and I called my therapist and it's like, why? I was doing so well and came to discover that I just kind of took for granted the health and healing I had been doing and forgot to keep drinking water and getting enough sleep and breathing. Uh, I just kept go, go, going. And so that, that basic self-care really is the foundation for every good thing. I had a feeling you would say that. <laughs> I was literally doing a radio interview Oh, maybe four years ago. I don't know. Time is construct. It doesn't actually mean anything. But several years ago, <laughs> I was doing a radio interview. And I was talking about all the things that I was doing. And the interviewer said, so what do you do for self-care? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. 
because I didn't have an answer. It's something I never considered. I thought that constantly working, being busy, um, being passionate about everything around me was the only way to live, the only way to really validate my existence. And once I asked myself the question, how do I take care of myself? I really had to do the work and I really, I realized that I was making myself sick by pushing myself to do and be everything I thought I had to do in order to be a valid human being. And that's just not the case. If you are here, alive and breathing, you are valid. And the more you love yourself and do everything you can to take care of yourself, the better you are in this world. The better the world is for your care. I feel like I needed to hear that. Oh, you are valid, Vanessa. You're talented and compassionate, and I'm really thankful to call you a friend. And too, thank you so much for doing this. Oh my gosh, I'm honored. I would love to have you on anytime. Sure thing. Once I uh, have a dream idea of our next Whistle Stop project, I'll call you up. Nope. I'll talk to you soon, I hope. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Bye. By the way, the Love Letters to Virginia website is officially up. So if you are looking for any updates or if you want to find the easiest way to connect with me to be on the show, go to lovelettersvirginia.com. I met Louise for the Richmond 48-hour film festival 2019, I believe. Together, we ended up writing a short film called Picture Show. It was nothing like our original vision, but it was absolutely gorgeous because she has some of the most beautiful, authentic vintage costumes and props. And together, we were able to really make it look good. And it was really fun. And I... I'm so grateful that I got to meet her in the process. I finally got to go and meet her in her new beautiful home. Louise found the little birdhouse. The birdhouse looks exactly like her house. So it's in her entryway. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you, that is the most adorable house I've ever seen and had the pleasure of staying in. Even though we hadn't seen each other since 2019 and this interview happened kind of in between, we were able to really just pick right back up and it was wonderful. We wrote a script idea. She showed me Six, which is a musical about Henry VIII's wives who were amazing ladies. Ugh such a moving musical. And she took me to Libby Park where we uh, saw some beautiful fireflies and watched the sunset after having some oysters, my favorite, at Poe's Tavern with some lovely service from a Virginia Beach native. I'm so happy to say, very little of course, but I am just happy to say that the Whistle Stop Theaters 
10th season is coming up. Louise has some really incredible things in store. She did some really amazing things in the past and she's going to really outdo herself. And I'm so excited to be there in Ashland next summer. And I hope to see some of you guys there to support. Thanks for listening. And remember to follow Love Letters to Virginia podcast on Instagram, Love Letters to Virginia on TikTok. Find me on YouTube, Vanessa Pazmino. Love you guys.